That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you doing today? I'm fine. You know why I'm good? Why are you great? I, because we're recording an episode of uh, My Cabbages. Uh, an Avatar podcast. Yeah, an Avatar podcast, even. We'll do it for real later on. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, uh, how's, your, how's your day been? I mean, I, I, I know because I was with you for most of it, but why don't you tell the audience? Well, that's why my day's been great is because you've been with me the whole time. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. We so stopped. We'll, much, so, so we'll spare so the listeners. Sap. We'll stop that. Uh, <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. The mushy, sappy stuff. <laughs> hey, that's what we're here for. <laughs> oh, well, a friend has joined oh, the chat. Oh, Hi. lordy, lordy, lordy. We have, we have a friend here from the past or maybe the future. Who knows? Uh, uh, we're joined by our wonderful friend, Time Lord Iroh. Iroh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Iroh, do you want to introduce yourself for those listen- few listeners who probably at this point uh, don't know yeah. you? If you're a if you're a long if you're a long haul listener, you of course know who Time Lord Iroh is. Yeah, I'm Time Lord Iroh. I go by she/her pronouns. Big Doctor Who fan, big Avatar fan. I I remember watching the original uh, premiere of Avatar. So I've I've been a fan of Avatar for a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Back in the day. Avatar Avatar came on TV and we were all like, holy shit, Nickelodeon makes anime now? It's a whole new world. Yeah, February 2005. Oh my god. I don't even know where I was on February, in February 2005, not watching the world premiere of Avatar. I was probably unknowingly about to watch Christopher Eccleston's first episode later that year. I definitely watched the first season of the Doctor of Doctor Who, like as it was coming out. I didn't, you lucky. I I didn't get into Doctor Who until Matt Smith's era. I remember. So we'll, we'll talk more about this in our uh, bonus episode that we're doing. Uh, spoilers, folks. But uh, I always I liked Christopher Eccleston a lot, and then when he regenerated, I didn't know that was like a thing that the Doctor did. So I was just like, man, what a ripoff. They're just going to change the actor. Like, I had no idea that they had already done it, like, you know, eight times. Besides Doctor Who and being there from the original, like, Iroh was a fan of Avatar before it was cool. Okay, y'all. Before it was cool. <laughs> so, yeah. That's what- impossible, because ever since Avatar came out, it's been cool. Exactly. Yeah, what else does, like, Avatar as a fandom mean to you? Uh, it's just, it's a show that, it's a happy place show. Yeah. We all need our happy places show. I'm, I'm rocking my other happy place show merch right here. <laughs> Got my Steven Universe t-shirt on. Yeah, for, for me, it's just like a perfect happy place show. Everything ends up, everything ends up going right at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a show where you can root for the main characters and, like, you know, with confidence that, like, they're gonna figure things out at the end. And even the the villains, you can root for some of them, like Zuko or mm-hmm. like anyone in Legend of Korra. Well, the, I think what this show taught a lot of people is that, like, I mean, sure, you can make a exciting movie about a villain who's just villainous and evil and has no other traits, uh, because that is like a dark force that is fun to root against sometimes, like the Emperor in Star Wars, for example. Yeah. But I think it is so much more interesting when villains are real people. When not only villains are real people, but they're also 
by their perspective, doing what they feel is the right thing to do. Exactly. Uh, that, yeah. always, that always interests me, yeah. They're just, they're more well-formed, multidimensional. Mm-hmm. And they're even better villains than some real-life villains. I'm always here for a dirty, uh, or like, a not, but even like some of our antagonists, right? Or sorry, our protagonists are a little gray sometimes, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Katara definitely has done things, you know, appropriating cultures and committing committing acts of eco-terrorism uh the the gang has their body count is a little high but it's it's all <laughs> it's in definitely the, in the double digits at least <laughs> at when this you're point, fighting a war against fascist well you know it, it all comes yeah. out in the wash um, if you're making if you're making a uh if you're making an omelet free of uh bigotry and fascism sometimes you gotta break a few fascists i mean eggs <laughs> And sometimes you have to scam a few scammers. Uh, yeah, that's spoilers. true. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue. So, I'm Zach. I'm Alex. And I'm Iro. And this is My Cabbage, an Avatar podcast. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Babe, you had uh, the episode uh, the episode title locked and loaded. Why don't you take it away? This is or this is book three, fire, chapter seven, the runaway. Those who have not watched the episode in a while, but are somehow caught up on our episodes, first of all, good for you, A plus, gold star, you're good, very good noodle. Um, but uh, we're just going to give you a little synopsis for the, so you don't have to worry about missing it. We did the homework uh, overview to 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 uh, to quote our our dear friend Christina Khan. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Um, Team Avatar encounters monetary issues, so Toph uses her earthbending to scam Fire Nation civilians out of their funds, earning Katara's disapproval. Toph views Katara as acting too motherly and a rift forms within the group. To amend things, Katara decides to pull a scam with Toph, but they are caught by an assassin whom Sasa dubs Combustion Man. He uses them as bait in an attempt to kill Aang, but Katara's quick thinking saves the day. As the group settles down for the night, Toph, with Katara's help, sends a letter to her parents. Yeah, we definitely get a lot of interesting, fun, little... This is, like, one of the most D&D as fuck episodes I think we've gotten in a while. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, Ira, when we invited you to be a guest, you're very excited. You said this is one of your favorite episodes. So can you share with us uh, some of the things that make this your favorite episode? Yeah, so the episode is just, it's a character development episode. It, um, it has the gang, they're not really fighting anyone in particular except themselves. Mm. And it ends up, they get to know each other a little bit more. Uh, we'll talk about it more, I'm sure, but Sokka has a heart to heart with Toph. And Katara can hear. And I think even Katara learns more about her brother 
through that. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think the character development in this episode, just like with mo- any episode, is uh, very well done. Some better than others, but I think this one is pretty strong. And um, yeah, I think we all learn... Oh, Katara is still, you know, that's struggling. Like, she's always been the motherly type, always trying to, you know... She thinks she knows sometimes what's better for other people, but more than they know themselves. And uh, for her, like the ends kind of justify the means, I think, for a lot of the actions in this episode. Uh, But it's been a string. We had like this painted lady episode. Uh, Now we have this. So, yeah, she's been she's been doing her own thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of part of a whole character arc for her which is not something that shows of this time typically did Mm -hmm. no and i think we're gonna get and you know we're all spoilers all the time so apologies (laughs) for anybody but um we get this later i think in this season as we really see once zuko joins the gang and uh katara is exploring that past trauma um along with zuko and you know, really wants to, like, take revenge on the Fire Nation soldier that killed her mother and just finds out it's some Joe Schmo that still lives at home with his mom. So, like, mm. yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's definitely part of, like, a larger theme of where she's figuring out for herself because she's still not sure yet. Like, and there is still that that path of, like, revenge um the thing thing about the show is i feel like it has a lot of what some people would call filler uh but it actually all in all has very little wasted time and i think what i mean by that is like a lot of the filler and same as with a lot of like really well-made modern cartoons too is a filler serves to characterize whenever we're not bounding down the barrel of the main quest uh we are essentially learning a lot about our characters who they are why we should care about them what their struggles are, what their insecurities are, all that stuff is like, it, it ingrains in you. Yeah. Great. So, I mean, starting out the episode, uh, the gang is all chilling. And as we said, they are coming across uh, some money issues. Um, we see that they're, but before then, they're all uh, bending out. They're, they're having a rest. They're taking a long rest. The party is all doing their various activities. Of course, all three of the benders are training and Aang is using a blindfold, which I guess, you know, at this stage, you gotta be, they're speed running this because Susan's <laughs> yeah. comet is coming and their times are ticking. Well, they're, they're, uh, they're all playing a, they're, they're all playing a healthy round of, uh, Nickelodeon all-star brawl. This episode uh, accidentally leaked that Katara is joining the roster. So uh, uh, they do almost like have this kind of two dimensional plane that they're fighting on that that reminds me of like a Smash Bros type game, though. Uh, before but, we even get to that, I wanted to ask you guys, this episode has kind of a before on Glee or whatever um, scene where it has and I've actually got the episode pulled up. It's got scenes about like tough having issues with katara and whatnot and i wanted to ask you guys what you thought of these before on avatar scenes that i think they started in season three. Oh, the what the last time on yeah last time on so last time ons have been through the entire season that we've been watching my theory is that 
and, I, and again, I think we've confirmed this before, but I, I think Netflix added them like after the fact because nowadays everyone needs like everything that's relevant to the episode, like spoon fed to them before it starts. So they're like, oh, we got to do it last time on for every single one. Well, well, either that or I honestly, I don't think it was. Ne- uh, yes, they are included on the Netflix version, but my theory is. They used to have these for the shows because when it was coming out as is back in the day when it was episode by episode, week by week, every single show you watched, it didn't matter if it was your mother's soap operas or, you know, the Cartoon Network or Avatar, they probably had a last time on. So to bring you up to speed on what happened on last week's episode. And I've, I'm actually watching the Blu-ray version, which has Aww. them as well. And I think, if I, if I remember correctly, like season three on TV had them as well. I don't think they were on seasons one or two Interesting. on TV. So that means Netflix would have had to add them for... Well, uh, Netflix probably... That actually makes a lot more sense because then Netflix took the third season and they went, oh, well, we should probably just retroactively add these to the other two. Which I feel I have mixed feelings about. I've mixed. I'm glad you brought this up, uh, Iro, because I have mixed feelings about the like previously ons that everybody gets. Yeah, I I can't decide if I like it or not because no other TV show I watch does this. Well, so there's a great example in Game of Thrones where I don't know if you, you care about spoilers if you've seen Game of Thrones. Go ahead. Um, there's a scene in uh one of the seasons where um. Jon Snow it gets murdered. And in the episode previously on clips, there's a scene at the end where like where we um we see a clip of his uncle Benjen, who we haven't seen in like two seasons. He like went beyond the wall and we haven't heard from him. And we get like a previously on, usually you get all of the beats of like, this is what we're gonna address this episode. Yeah. And one of them was a, a like a clip of Uncle Benjen, and we were like, Oh, are we gonna see Benjen again? That's kinda wild. And then in the end they pulled this like this like bait and switch on us where they were like, John, John, it's, it's your uncle Benjen. He he's at the front gate. And then when John went to the front gate, they murder him. And you're just like, Oh, well the, you like, you can't just use the meta of the previously on to fucking bait us like that. I don't know. It just felt, it felt manipulative. And then we get all these things where like now the new star Trek show, strange new worlds, which I love. It's a terrific show. I'm really enjoying it. But they have very insular, like, one-off episodes. They have a very Monster of the Week format, and they don't need these previously ons, and it drives me crazy whenever they just feel like they have to shove them in, and then they have nothing to do with the episode. Yeah. I I haven't seen Strange New Worlds, probably don't have the time to, mm. but... About your thousands of hours of podcasts <laughs> to catch up on. Yeah. Hey, watch this new show, by the way. <laughs> I'll get around to it maybe around 2040. Yeah, yeah. It is good. When you watch it, it will be as vintage to you as the original series is to me. But yeah, uh, I feel like this, even in Avatar, like the previously ons feel kind of forced. Yeah. Mm, a little bit. I agree. And it it almost kind of spoils what the episode is going to have. Because yes. you can yeah. be like, okay, in the first minute of watching on Netflix or the Blu-rays, we have Katara and Sok or Toph fighting. And we're like, okay. Or and then also we have Sparky Sparky Boo Man. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, we're gonna have Sparky Sparky Boo Man. We're gonna yep. have 
Katara and Toph fighting. I already know the beats for the rest next 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, well, I know these things. I know it's going to hit all these bullet points because I've been I've been shown this this stuff. It's like when you're playing D&D and the DM goes, uh, oh, there's a lever on the floor, by the way. And you're just like, oh, well, what's with that lever? He's like, eh, it's just a it's just a lever. But it's, <laughs> oh, it's like, blah, blah, blah. but you mentioned it. So it clearly has importance because you mentioned it. Exactly. Wrong yeah. Or it doesn't. And they spend three hours <laughs> trying to fuss with this lever and it literally actually means nothing. Wrong lever crong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why do I... we even have that lever? <laughs> I uh, agree with what both of y'all said and just overall feel that it's too curated. Like, this is not something, especially if it's something that wasn't in the original first two seasons that the original team imagined. And so it's something that Netflix or whoever added it had to do in post. And so it just... They're bringing together pieces from very specific episodes that they, and they already are framing for how they want you to go into like, see, see, remember those things? Yeah. Well, we would, we want you to remember them now because they're going to be important in the, in this episode. No spoilers though. Um, yeah. So I just think it would have been different if it had just been, Hey, this is what happened on last week's episode. Cause when it wasn't really last time on Avatar. It was last time on Avatar and you bring us clips from like you know, well, dozens because, of different episodes. Because it's very it's very particularly previously on Avatar. So it ah. technically does work for, for whatever clips they want to show. But yeah. It's like hey, hang on, let me give you a quick synopsis of this episode before you watch it. Yeah, not a fan. Yeah, and I just looked it up. It looks like season three did have on TV, the previously ons. The previously ons, yeah. There's but then so season much one happening. And- yeah, mm. by season three, there is so much happening. I agree that. And it's like in this one, we're getting from early season two. So I kind of feel like some people maybe needed it. And we have to remember that Nickelodeon's audience up until this point, like, yeah. literally nobody. <laughs> Was uh, like would watch an episode of SpongeBob and expect some episode three seasons ago to be relevant all of a sudden. So I can understand like easing an audience that is unfamiliar with sequential television into sequential television a little bit. But yeah, it, I think overall it's just like now that they're on Netflix or streaming and they're bingeable, like just get rid of them. You don't need them or Blu-ray slash DVD. Yeah, Agreed. especially if the show like I feel like the if the show is designed without those previously ons then like the show itself it will the the script will be designed to provide that context subtly so that you're not like totally lost if you haven't if you're not familiar with what they're talking about mm-hmm. um anyway we've been caught on this tangent for <laughs> yeah. uh let's hop in let's hop in the tardis and skip ahead a little bit and uh talk about the beats of this episode here i was there's something i wanted to mention about the episode like uh, opener oh yeah where cannot. it starts at like the end the ending is the oh, beginning. They, they, oh, that they is Tarantino true. It. They, yeah, they Tarantino it. We're in media res. They do the, like, three weeks earlier or whatever. Yeah, and it starts out with... To- the first line is Toph saying, You betrayed me, Katara. And then we get into the fight scene where Katara and Toph are training Aang. Uh-huh. Um, for audio audiences, I use air quotes. <laughs> heavy air quotes. I think the air quotes were detectable in your voice, to be honest. Alrighty. 
And they, <laughs> they very quickly just start fighting each other. So they're very quickly setting it up where... Apparently, Katara betrays Toph, and it's kind of a big switcheroo. Mm-hmm. I feel gaslit by this start a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit gaslighting. <clears throat> it really sets it up as... Like, they're gonna break up Team Avatar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break up the gang. Well, I knew it was probably, like, when you're watching a scene like this, and you're, you know, I might nowadays, my, when I see a scene like this, my mind instantly goes to, like, okay, the only reason they're changing this format is so that they can, like, pull the rug out from under us. There's no way this is just gonna be straightforward. Like, because it's a Tarantino kind of mystery, like, how do we get from point A to, to this? I knew it wasn't going to just be like, oh, and then she really betrays her, and <laughs> that's the end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, they have this cool fight scene. Uh, the, uh, the, the the gang sans Katara go off to, like, traipse around on rooftops or whatever. Meanwhile, Sokka is, like, you know, fighting his ever-present, like, um shopping instinct. He's like looking at all the flashy things. He's like, oh boy, that would be cool. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be neat. And then he sees a bird and he's like, he's like, like so many irresponsible like bird owners out there. He's like, I know. I, I've done zero research. I have looked up zero articles on how to care for a bird, but I, I think it looks cool and I want it to talk. So sign me up. Oh, and he's okay. obviously never been taught how to manage a budget. Yeah. Well, Fal- maybe it says that they're you know team- they have to scam because they're going through uh, some money trouble. But I also have find that hard to believe, just because you clear we clearly see like throughout the series how their financial situation improves. So like in the first season, literally they're trying to scrounge for food in the wilderness and the only thing that <laughs> Sokka can bring back are nuts. And, and they pebbles. are all or apples and they're so upset. They're just so upset. Yeah, it's nuts and rocks. Yeah. They're like uh, I think this one's a rock. Uh, and rock shaped nuts. What's for dinner? We've got a few options. First, round nuts. And some kind of oval shaped nuts and some rock shaped nuts that might just be rocks. Great, now I have to dig up that scene from however fucking long ago. <laughs> so, I mean, we go from there to, like, by the time they're, you know, it's Avatar Day and they make it to the, um, you know, that island where they're uh, at war with Kyoshi and whatnot and they hate the Avatar. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's when Sokka is like, oh, yeah, my bag. Like, we got this. And, like, they have money to, like, throw down and, like, they... We're able to bail Aang out of jail. And it's just like, so they clearly get better off as they go along. So I don't know what happened recently where they're down and out on their luck, but. I don't think that that's like a a necessarily like a linear graph, though, you know, like they they were presumed dead and then had to flee to the Fire Nation and they can't exactly like spend water, water nation or Earth Nation money in the Fire Nation. Right, but they still, they still like with just within the past few episodes, like Sokka got his dope sword. Like so oh, they yeah, just he, went like, on like the Tricho self. Uh, I what did he buy? 
He bought a... Well, he was going to buy a sword, but then he opted to make one instead. Yeah, so... But so so maybe, like... Yeah, that's the thing, is, like, why would they go shopping to pick out a new weapon for Sokka if he didn't listen? I've, I've seen these artisan shops with these weapons. Okay, this shit ain't cheap. It's expensive. Well, they've also been just spending money on food and stuff for the last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. And we have and no idea how much time has passed, so I think, like, I could see this being their first money adventure for a while, the money-gathering mission. Mm. That I could sense. see. I could see this as being, like, the 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 DM has this really great, like, quest in mind where they're gonna like, go into the city and, like, maybe get arrested. They're gonna have this cool fight with the assassin guy and they have all these intrigue points and uh, all this cool stuff. And then, like, the gang is, like, approaching the point where the DM's going to drop the story thread on them. And they're like, hey, what if we just go scam an NPC? (laughs) And so the DM, like, makes up some NPC encounter where they scam him. And they're like, this is great. Let's do this, like, ten more times. Let's just work on our pickpocket skill. That's all. Yeah, let's just level (laughs) up uh, sleight of hand and nothing else. And, like, literally, the DM is just sitting there with their head in their hands, just being like, I just want to, come on, I did all this planning. Please. It's been three sessions of this. I'm sick of it. <laughs> but, um, I mean, if you told the the party wanted an animal companion and they you told them they'd have to earn money for it, so here we are. Grinding grind it out so we can get our horsey. Plus we need food for the horsey. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. That actually is on the DM, I believe on the DM screen, at least for Dungeons and Dragons 5e, like, how much it costs to, like, upkeep and feed an animal for, like, on a daily basis. Yep, and you gotta play on survival difficulty. God, I couldn't, see, I'm such a, like, laissez-faire DM. Like, I cannot (laughs) ever imagine being like, alright, it's the start of a new day, everyone subtract so-and-so gold for your upkeep for your animals, and uh, be sure to go into town and buy arrows at the arrow store, because otherwise you won't be able to fire your bow. Like, I can't imagine ever being like that. But also make sure you don't get too much, or else you'll be over-encumbered. <laughs> yeah, they will be, they're like, they're playing the game to be uh, big damn heroes, not to uh, buy arrows from an arrow vendor. <laughs> yeah. This um, is not uh, Link having to go yeah. and buy, like, fire and bomb arrows and fuck, you went to the wrong village. This one doesn't have, like, you know, fire around areas, and now you have to, like, they only sell, like, shock arrows, and it's like, god damn it. Oh, Some people, crap, listen, have... some people play Breath of the Wild to kill bosses and, like, save villagers. Uh, other people play Breath of the Wild to uh, Cook all the recipes the, and hunt the Koroks. To break the economy of Kakariko Village, okay? <laughs> and some of us just play Skyrim and break... The game by using the alchemical and um, enchanting exploit. <laughs> yeah, or uh, we or, or or play No Man's Sky and just buy and sell cobalt until the cobalt market of every local star system is completely destroyed. Well, there you have it, anyway, folks. You heard it here the- first. Your game breaking uh, economy. Welcome that- to Economy Busters here on this new podcast, where we just talk about how we can break game economies. Uh, this episode's about GTA stock markets. Uh, no, um, and what I lessons mean, can we take that to the real world with? 
I uh, I think you should check out a very informative and insightful uh, subreddit called uh, Wall Street Bets. They're never wrong about anything. <laughs> Absolutely never. <laughs> um. So they come back after their first grift, and they're like, "Isn't this great? We got all this fucking food, and it's great and stuff." And and uh, Katara was like, "Oh, so Toph cheated." And Toph's like, "Yeah, I cheated a cheater. What's wrong with that?" And me, me here, Zach, me here. The answer is nothing. I mean, nothing. Katara uses same logic when they she stole the water bending scroll back from the pirates. Oh my she, god, you're so right. She yeah, was like, I forgot about that. Finders keepers. <laughs> They're pirates. Like, what's wrong with scamming a bunch of people that were taking money from people? It's the same as like if you if, if the like the YouTubers that call like those scam centers in Calcutta so they can like waste their time. Like, that's a victimless crime. <laughs> it's a completely victimless crime. Yeah, it's like the the scammers agreed to the terms of having a scam. They uh-huh. just didn't know that they were signing on to be scammed. Yeah. So they get like the classic like smash cut moment where Aang is like, don't worry, Katara, I promise we won't make a habit out of this. We will not launch into a montage of us doing scams. And then they launch into a montage of them doing scams. We did not get the, the you know, the training montage. We get the scamming <laughs> montage. Which I think the montage almost goes a little bit too long or it's a little bit too slow. Because mm. it's like... It's a couple minutes long. It and is. three different segments. Like Aang doing sleight of hand with some coins to Sokka impersonating a law enforcement <laughs> officer and accepting and a bribe. Faking a hit and run. Like, it's like we begin with them being like tough, like turning over one of these like wooden dice rollers, which she shouldn't be able to do because they're fucking they're made of wood. I swear they're made of wood. I think they're made out of clay. That's my explanation That's, for it. Alex posited that, but wouldn't they just break apart when they hit the ground? Not, not if they haven't been fired. Interesting. Mm. Like, if well, there's just- still there's still a problem here because, like, they are based upon like etches in the clay, wood, whatever it is, and. It was going to roll on the wrong thing, and Toph just smirks, and Earth bends, and they flip on a different side. I'm like, you're blind! How are you going to know which side of the <laughs> dice you- is going to come up? Yeah, that is a good, that is a good question. <laughs> well, if, if she can um, detect, like, ants moving around on the other side of her garden, I think she can detect the indentations. That's fair. That's really fair, honestly. Yeah. If, oh, like, well, are the, did is she it, hold is, them? Is it indented, or was it painted? It looked like it was painted on. I think it might have been both. You know how some dice, they have the indentation, and then it's, like, painted yeah. on the inside of it? I think it was probably that. Man. Well, I mean, what was... Like, I've heard of a side hustle, but, I mean, Team Avatar, it's like, you know, people are asking, oh, what's your side hustle? Oh, I bake cookies in my free time, or, oh, you know, I'm an Uber or a Lyft driver. What do you... Oh, uh, what do you do? Uh, uh, play poker on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) And I I just went to the episode, or went to the part of the episode on my copy, and it's two-dimensional, it's anime, so it could be either. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's fair. I think both, both theories hold water. Um, I think that, like, it's crazy that this, that this unhinged montage, like, 
begins with Aang doing some sleight of hand stuff and ends with the gang convincing an affluent man that he has murdered a child. <laughs> <laughs> like that man went home and cried like all night long. His his life yeah, right. His life is his life is ruined. It's like, oh, but what are we gonna do about the body and witnesses? Don't worry about it. We got it. I'll take care of it. The gang is just uh is just like cavorting around with like piles of money and like laughing and then it smash cuts to like him in a cold shower, like in a fetal <laughs> position, just like weeping silently. And something I noticed is when Katara, or when Toph earthbends to, like, get the chunk of dirt to stop the carriage, you can see her feet underneath the sandal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can clearly see the rock that he ran into. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that's purposeful. So usually Toph doesn't wear shoes. Yeah, so she can see through her earthbending. I thought it was just a good detail, like, yeah. A lesser show would have forgotten about that. Right. Well, actually, looking, um, I was looking at Goofs for the episode, and it's funny you mentioned that because we, at one point, see her with um, no soles um, on her shoes, but when she's dragged away by the Fire Nation soldiers, we can see soles on her shoes. And then again later when they're running away from Combustion Man. So it was a detail, but it was selectively applied. So what you're saying is uh, Earthbenders do have souls. (laughs) Yes. Amazing. (laughs) So yeah, after this montage, which is like a lot of fun, definitely sort of some of the best gags in the whole episode are in this little montage. They come back and... Uh, We've got Katara just like scolding Toph about Mm -hmm. being a wild child. Yep. And Uh, Toph is just like... We're having so much fun. We're making yeah. money and we have no parents telling us what to do. I make it rain. I make it rain. I make it rain on these vendors. Yeah. We scarred a man for life. Isn't that great, Katara? Like, lighten up. Yeah, we've got all this money now and no parents. Yeah, yeah. Let's go get booze and drugs. Uh, and Katara <laughs> just pulls out her psychologist degree and is like... <laughs> Oh, that's why you're upset about your parents. Ah, yes. Oh, does somebody have daddy issues? Why don't you tell me more about your mother? <laughs> Toph is like, no, you're long, you're wrong. And uh, Sokka, to defuse the tension, is like, hey, this guy, we should call him Sparky Sparky Boom Man. Oh, love it, love it. That is oh, literally the light, the, yeah, another perfect Sokka meme. All the all the jokes and like all the classifications on Wikipedia and stuff, uh, like they call him Combustion Man. I still every single time refer to him as Sparky Sparky Boom Man. As yeah. does collectively the fandom. Yeah, because I don't. But to, I'm okay. I might be missing something here, but Sparky Sparky Boom Man falls flat. Doesn't really fit. But Combustion Man, oh yeah, Combustion Man is where it's at. And I'm- also, spoilers as we get into the episode more, Sparky Sparky Boo Man's kind of hard to say in the middle of combat. It is. Yeah, it is. True. <laughs> it's like having a long, drawn-out power-up sequence, and then just getting zapped. Do we think that that was the tail end of a long conversation where every five minutes Sokka would be like, Ooh, I got one. The, the Pop Rock Kid. 
Or like, oh, I got one. Uh, uh, third eye blind. Uh, or maybe he's called Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep trying, but we'll keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't don't call us. We'll call you. Um, oh my god, that was such a good throwback. I love that so much. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was another great episode. Oh, uh, there's so many. There's very. Very few. I mean, they're there, and when they when they fall, they fall hard. But there's very <laughs> few bad episodes of this show. The Great Divide. Uh, that would yeah. be one of them. Yes. <laughs> if anybody is so inclined, they can dig up a very old Twitter thread from Time Lord <laughs> Iroh, where she gets halfway through and then has a picture of of like Appa flying away and it's like you know what I'm done I'm done with this episode I can't do this anymore nope, nope. I'm going to have to see if I can find that twitter thread again all I can picture uh for you after that episode all I can picture is that uh, is that gif of SpongeBob like sitting in the like cafe holding the cup of coffee like waiting <laughs> boom 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 pow uh Krakatoa boy short fuse I'll call him short fuse if I and I, I completely expect people are going to call me out for this. It's all good, but my flamio hot take of this episode is that the whole arc with Combustion Man is kind of pointless. Like they needed something to for the gang to feel like there's a sense of urgency to kind of like move the story forward so it's like versus them like going town by town and just like you know building strength ang strengths back up and they're like oh we we yeah we gotta keep something so they're gonna just be chased by a deadly assassin Um, i agree with that it's it's like they have an enemy just to have an enemy yeah Yeah, i think that's definitely true we don't really have zuko or zula anymore because they think that or they quote-unquote think that the Avatar is dead, so they just need something for the plot. And the yeah. demon's like, okay, uh, real quickly, let me write down, oh yeah, he can bend through his eye or through his brain, and everyone else is just like, okay, yeah, this is this is the new NPC. Yeah, it, it feels like he is just kind of less of a villain and more of an, just an obstacle. Like, he's just a, a like a, he could basically just be like, a wall covered in spikes. Like, he's not particularly a character of any kind. And question for the both of you, is that is it because he's only in a couple episodes? Is it because he has no dialogue? I don't think it's the no dialogue. I just think it... I mean, it, I don't know. That might play into it. But there have been co- characters that don't talk that serve a good purpose in different pieces of media. And I think here is just like... He's a hired assassin. He follows the gang around. They escape with from him every couple episodes until finally they don't, and it's not a problem anymore. In my opinion, classifying or characterizing a nonverbal character usually involves having people around them to show how they like react to him. And in our case, Sparky Sparky Boom Man, he doesn't have anybody around him. He's just like a a, a hunting force. Um. Like, even, I keep making this comparison, but, like, Dennis from the original Spongebob Squarepants movie is very similar uh, in a lot of ways to Sparky Sparky Boom Man. The difference is Dennis, like, he'll talk sometimes, and he'll, like, get snippy, and he has motivations beyond just, like, 
I was told to do a job by the Fire Nation, or by the Fire King, or by the Fire King, listen to me, by the Fire Lord, and I will. But yeah, in general, I think that he's a cool force to for the gang to fight. He has certainly provided several very visually impressive fight scenes that I have enjoyed watching. But in terms else, of because of him, we get the one villain who I don't remember their name in Korra, the com- combustion bender there. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a really cool season. I don't think Alex has seen that season yet. Um, I'm not sure. I might I have. I think that's season three with Zaheer. Yeah, it, she's part of the Red Lotus. I started, have not finished. Yeah. We're going to watch through all of Korra at some point before we start on, on that show. Because I think it's important that we both have seen the whole thing before we start the start oh, the podcast. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Now I want to do an Avatar villain tier list where it's just <laughs> like every villain from Avatar. That yeah. would be good. There's honestly enough of them. There's yeah. probably between 10 and 15 people that you could pick. Yeah, I mean, from the first first season, I mean, I would put Paku uh, on there, just, like, even though he ends up being, but, like, he represents the patriarchy and everything that's, like, bad, mm-hmm. uh, misogynistically with the Water Tribe. Um, We've got Zhao. Yep. We've um, got Zuko. I guess Iroh could potentially go on there. <laughs> Nah, Iroh has, I think Iroh has always, ever since, like, okay, this is my hot take about this, is that uh, Iroh was relieved to get banished with Zuko. Because I think at that point, Iroh was just so sick of, like, grinding poor defenseless people under the Fire Nation's heel. He'd probably been very, very morally averse to it for a long time. And you could tell, like, throughout the show like he doesn't care about catching Aang. He he just yeah. wants to help Zuko however yeah. he can. Yeah. Music night. <laughs> and I think that by have you ever seen Good Omens? I have not. That's a good one. I've heard good but, things. Uh an angel and a demon basically spend the entirety of the um Antichrist's childhood trying to convince trying to subtly imply that maybe uh, if they ever have the opportunity to end the world, maybe don't. Uh, and it feels like that's kind of what Iroh is doing here. Is he's just like, you know, I'll I'll help Zuko, but I'll I'll try to be there to maybe influence him to to be better, yeah, to make better choices. But yeah, so so you know, we get a lot of villains. Uh, definitely enough to make a tier list. Uh, then we've got Sokka getting his bird. Yeah, Sokka gets hockey. Nobody else can see, but this is my bird. His name's Rory. People know Rory because he makes a lot of noise sometimes during recordings. <laughs> but I love him, and he's very sweet uh, to specific people, namely me. And we get our second poop joke in a row, back That's to back. Right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, cause just like, uh, with regular birds, uh, hockey, Mm -hmm. uh, takes, uh, shit on- Takes a big ol' shit. On Sokka's, uh, arm. Uh, also, if he just sat on Sokka's arm the way that he casually does, Sokka would not have an arm left. Um. Oh, yeah, Sokka's arm would be lacerated to shit with that hawk's I don't know a lot about falconry beyond the extent that I've read about it in books and seen at the Renaissance Festival. Uh, but you wear leather leather gloves for that shit. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you do. (laughs) This guy scratches me sometimes, and he's got little tiny talons. So, but yeah, but you know what? You can at least say one thing about hockey, and that is, at least he gives a shit. 
<laughs> At least he gives a shit. Or does he? <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, all all I could think when that happened to Sokka was, was wow, relatable. <laughs> and in that scene, he's walking past a bunch of posters, and we see a really... I would say it's a bad rendition of Toph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, but also, I think that this... I don't know if this was intentional, but it definitely, for me, calls back to when they were drawing wanted po- or uh, lost posters for Appa. For Appa, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Sokka's was, you know, not not the greatest. <laughs> Do you think there's a chance that Sokka doodled Toph while he was in Ba Sing Se and they just found the picture and they were like, ah, we'll just use this on the wanted posters? That is now my headcanon. <laughs> Sokka's it. like... Top's like, how how how's the picture? And he looks at it, and he notices it's his, and he's like, yeah, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually some pretty other interesting wanted posters, though, around there, including one for Hawk uh, training lessons, which Sokka should have also grabbed. Yeah, he probably should have, you know, thought about that a little bit, because then he gets home with the Hawk, and they're like... He's like, he's like, hey, I got a bird, and Katara's like, oh, you did not get a bird, and he's like, yeah, you can, I can, we can send pictures to, we can send stuff to to Grand Grand, and to Katara's like, that's great. How does he work? And Saga's like, hey, I have I, no idea. I yeah, I, I guess I didn't ask for like an instruction manual, and you're like, Saga, just fucking get on a message board or something for Christ's sake. <laughs> and he's like, all right, hockey, Grand Grand, South Pole. Stat! And Hockey is like, nah, man. Yeah, too far. That is beyond my Uber range, okay? I, I, I can't go that far. And Toph is just like, I just reached this part in the episode, and Toph is just like counting her money like she's the richest person in the world. They don't have coins, they have like bars of. They're money straight now. up ingots! And yeah. if <laughs> we can say that, oh, silver, then the gold ones obviously are probably real gold. Yeah. And she just has stacks on stacks of them in her in her bags. And she's probably just been counting her money all day. Uh Scrooge McToff over here. Scrooge McToff. Fuck. <laughs> all right, good. Good. Ding. <laughs> Episode title achieved. Uh so achievement we get We've got um yeah, we've got them all, like, counting their fat stacks of cash. Can we all say, though, for those who have seen DuckTales, like, when Scrooge just, like, dives into his pool of, like, gold money and is, like, swimming in the backstroke, like, it's a Bruises sea. and injuries. Um, Bruises and injuries. Yes. You would be dead. You would be suffering a massive brain injury. Like, you're just... God. Be cut to Scrooge, just, like, bleeding out <laughs> on his, like... Well, that's why he has so much money. He has to afford health care. <laughs> well, that would make a great... That would make a great little comic, is, like, the first panel is Scrooge, like, about to hit his, his money pile, like, like mid-dive. And then the second panel is him, like, in a full body cast with a doctor with a janked up x-ray being like, well, you're lucky you have such good insurance because uh, you really messed yourself up here, my man. Except I see it, like, even opposite because the reason why he's so rich is because he doesn't. He, like, pinches pennies, so his health insurance is going to be really shitty. 
Or maybe he lives in a country where they have free health care. Oh my god. Imagine that. Imagine that. What a concept. Imagine living in a first world nation. Imagination. Yeah, they they keep waving this, like, they keep doing this bit where they keep waving this wanted poster in front of Toph's face. And she basically reacts to it the way uh, SCOTUS reacts to protest posters. Not at all. She's like, I don't, I can't see it. I refuse to see. I can't see it. No way. Uh, Which brings me to this Uh, week's episode of Ding 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 Real Tea Corner. Why don't you enjoy a cup of calming jasmine tea? More tea, please. I hope I made it the way you like it. Good. Did you really mean that, Uncle? Of course. So, uh, for all of those, and we're going to keep this short and simple, folks, um, I'm giving you uh, all tea. Um, and you know what? Yeah, I'm going to throw some shade, too, because uh, fuck SCOTUS. That's it. That's the tweet. That's Real Tea Corner. That's the That's message. It. And um, if you don't agree, then, well, you know, it, it, it's been nice knowing you, listener. <laughs> I want to be. I want to be very clear. I want to be very clear about this. If you think anything other than fuck SCOTUS after what happened recently, uh, get off our feed. I don't want you listening. Um, but yeah, we, um, but also I'd be really confused as to someone who loves Avatar, but also yeah. is not It'd be a very confusing confluence of things. Reproductive rights as basic yeah. human rights. So, uh, well, here we are. Uh, anyways, um, so yeah, that's Real Tea Corner, and, um, we are going to continue to talk about our favorite show and ways that we can smash the patriarchy. Yeah. And steal money from everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Smash the patriarchy, get rich, eat the other rich. (laughs) Question, question, question. Profit. Profit. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Um, so then we get... We get this little, like, very heartfelt scene, the one that is, that uh, everybody loves, where... Well, before that happens, like, Katara, like, the reason why she gets so upset is she finds a wanted poster by going through Toph's things, Um, because, like, first Sokka brings it to Toph and is like, yo, this is an issue, and Toph's like, yo, whatever, we fine, man, like, let's just help each other, help, here, throw some money at him, like, here, go, like, buy yourself something (laughs) nice, and- And Sokka is so fucking bribable, (laughs) like, god damn, he's so fucking bribable. I do like very nice atlases. He's like, boy, howdy, do I like Amazon.com, I will take your money. (laughs) That is one thing that I also, one reason why Sokka is my favorite character- is because we both love maps. <laughs> I love cartography, and one of my favorite parts of DMing is drawing fun maps that just ended up getting trashed because I have to do so much research because I can't just plop this mountain skate chain here. Like, what about the arable farmland? Is this going to block the winds? What is this going to look do for to the local climate? <laughs> is this going to create a desert nearby? Yeah. Like, yeah so, and what about the tectonic plates? Exactly. Right. Oh, where, see, where are the trade? Where are the trade winds coming it. from? You get it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I feel seen. I need I need projections on weather patterns for the next twelve months before I can start world building. Yeah, absolutely. See, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's clo- totally reasonable. And, so, uh, and what kind of soils are there? 
I just downloaded a geological map of the moon, and yeah, there's there's a lot of different kinds of soils. Yeah, yeah, yeah there Even are. On the moon. I just downloaded a, a a game called Timberborn. I I bought it, but I bought it and then downloaded it, and it's a game where you control beavers and you make a society of beavers. Is it on Steam? It's on Steam. It's really great. It's like a simulation game, like a, a like a you know civilizations like simulator. Resource management. Yeah, very resource management heavy that type of thing. And of course, Steam is crashing on me. You have all sorts of like different resources you have to manage in that game. So, and it's called now, Timberborn. I, Timberborn is very good. I've been relatively obsessed for the past few days. Yeah, have to write that down. Heck yeah, that's our plug for the episode. Yeah, Timberborn, go play it. I love it. It's very <laughs> charming and wholesome. Um, so Katara goes through uh through Toph's things, which I unfortunately, and this is something I wanted to ask y'all. Like, was this? Do you see this as an invasion of privacy? Yes. And yes, did is. you ever have to, like, deal with this growing up? Because, like, I know for a fact, like, it doesn't matter how much I close my door between, like, you know, my mom who would just come in to put my laundry away to my brother who would, you know, take all of my toys out of my toy bin or, like, whatever, like... You know, there were, there was no such thing as privacy. God. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, in my house, we had a very strict rule. If the door is closed, you do not enter. I can respect that. I also respect that. Hardcore. Very easy um, rule. It, I, I can remember way back in um, like my freshman year of college when my uh, girlfriend at the time came to visit me at my dorm. Uh, she was going to spend the night. Oh, it was no. going to be great. And my uh, my my um, mother apparently got in touch with like her mother and like freaked out. And then her like dad came to pick her up. And I remember being like, I there was a moment there, and I I want to be very clear. I love my mother. She's a wonderful, a wonderful saint. person. A saint. And, uh, Deserves she survived all in a the happiness in the whole with, world. Uh, four males. She yes. was outnumbered. Um, but I called her that night and I said, "You are never, ever, ever to do that to me ever again." Do you understand me? Like I was like very, very. It was the probably the first time in my adult life where I like really sort of stood up for myself in that way, and I was just like, "This is never going to happen again." Like I am beyond upset with you, mm. and uh, it it didn't it didn't so. To her credit, it did not. But I'd certainly know a little thing or two about invasion of privacy in this way. She's like, oh, I was just, it was just a cluttered, I was just cleaning the clutter. It's like, no, you weren't. You were going through all my fucking drawers and looking through all the places you know that I keep private things because you are nosy. I, no. It's, that's a, a lie. Squirt, squirt bottle. She even, says that's a, she even says that, she even says that's a lie because she knows it's a lie because she's tough and she can detect that. So my thought, and I don't know where I sit on the original question of if it's an invasion of privacy, I I can see both sides. Mm-hmm. That's where very true. They're a group. Their survival, and really the survival of the whole world, depends on them not getting caught. Mm-hmm. And they all have to work together, which, of course, this episode is all about. They haven't been. And Katara, she ends up saying, I knew something was up. 
I knew there was something going on. And she finds the evidence for it and is like, hey, you guys really need to stop. This is getting out of hand. So I I do see it as an invasion of privacy, but I I can at least put in a reasonable explanation for why it might be necessary. No, I definitely think that like there are, there are justifications for why Katara is doing what she's doing. If, if the fate of the world involved me not seeing my girlfriend at my dorm room, I would have been like, all right, maybe it's the world didn't end. So like, uh, (laughs) I guess I'm not all that upset. (laughs) Yeah. And I kind of see it as like a parent knowing their kid is smoking cigarettes underage and is like, okay, I'm going to go through their stuff, see if, I can, see if I can find the evidence and bring it up to them and be like, hey, yo, knock it off. While you live in my house, you're not going to smoke or whatever. Yeah, yeah, That's a really, really good example. And I also, uh, I think you touched on this, Iroh, that it's something that Katara is just trying to do to be like parenting. I know motherly is an episode or a... Um, is something that comes up, but I think it's a product ultimately of growing up too fast. And we, uh, that's transitions, I think into this scene where like once, you know, Toph runs away and like, there's this rift and like, they get really angry and, uh, Katara goes off to like, you know, take a relaxing bath, like me too, girl, get you there, uh, spa day. And, uh, we overhear Sokka and Toph talking about, you know, their relationships with their moms and how, you know, their mother was killed at such a young age that Katara had to step in and be there, not just for, you know, for Sokka and Gran, but for the whole tribe. And so when it was literally a means of survival, and that's all you know, like, I'm learning that and separating that from, hey, you know, we're friends and, you know, we're like our own separate entities and like we need to respect you know each other's privacy it's just like privacy is just something a that was probably never like a boundary that she had to talk about because she never had a sister or you know obviously not a daughter um or a mom to learn that from but b um i think it's also probably a cultural thing because i know you know loosely based off of different um you know, cultural backgrounds and a lot of indigenous populations, like there's very little, like this is mine. And Toph comes from a family where it was just her and her parents. Like they like were like the head of like this very prestigious family in the, in an earth kingdom village or what have you. It's very different from where Katara's and uh, when they're part of a tribe and everything's much more communal and things are shared. And um, so, yeah, I think that might also, baby play a little bit into it yeah um something else before we even get to that heart to heart scene while katara and Toph are pouting sokka and ang can get their one brain cell out and they're <laughs> like all right i'm gonna fix this i'm gonna send a note to katara from Toph <laughs> and be like i'm sorry please forgive me whatever love to- your friend Toph." Yeah, and it's probably spelled like T O F. He's like your friend Toph, and like, and it it feels like a very sort of almost SpongeBob and Patrick moment where Patrick yeah. is like, "I've got a plan. I'll write a letter to uh, my friend, and then I'll convince him it's from someone else." And Patrick and SpongeBob just stares in for a second, and goes, 
Patrick, you're a genius. <laughs> and then, like, I could I could just picture it. Aang is just so enamored with this idea and, and loves it. And then literally for the entire episode, every single time they've shown Toph a piece of paper, she's been like, they've been like, what is this? And Toph's like, I don't know. What is wrong with you people? Like, seriously, I'm blind. I'm blind! Yeah. And then, like... <laughs> Now, if if the if the eagle if the hawk had brought it over and it was all just in braille, I'd be like, "All right, yeah, look at that. That's cool. Great, good for them." But uh, he gets there and it's, and Toph's like, "Yeah," um, or Katara's like, "I know this wasn't from Toph because she can't write. She's blind." Sidebar: I wonder how braille works for um, these um, Asian languages like Chinese, Japanese. Like how how do how does that work? Uh, I don't I don't know. When you have like the different kanji or like character based systems versus like words, I mean, I'm sure just like with sign language that there's different versions of Braille. So there, yeah, there are like characters in the Japanese language that like mean words. They're um they're called kanji, but there is another form of um characters called um, hiragana. That are just sounds. And so you can sound out any Japanese word by just writing the hiragana. Hiragana is basically just like American letters. So essentially you could make all of the hiragana sounds into Braille. And then you could use the Braille in that way, I would imagine. That would be how I would do it. I actually just googled it and there is Braille kanji. Interesting. Devised in 1969. Interesting. Very interesting. Not We went to the moon in 1969. <laughs> I uh, I love that. I know we didn't mention this in the beginning of this episode. Ang is totally he's. Well, we mentioned he was blindfolded, but he's using like Toph's like echolocation like ability, which it, like no, I feel like normal Earthbenders don't learn. They don't learn to like see without their eyes in the way that Toph has to, and that gives I think Ang like a, a, an advantage to have a teacher like that that sort of has to have this extra layer of skill to do anything. Ang could have his Ang could get sand thrown in his eyes and it wouldn't matter. He could still he could still rock he's still Earthman like like gangbusters. And spoilers, but that's that's something we don't ever see in Korra, if I remember correctly. What the The Echo We do. Thing? The there's a there's a scene in the first season where Lin Beifong Oh um, that's right. Uses it to detect the secret yeah, the secret like lair underneath the um Sato house. Did did it ever get taught to Korra though, or was it just the? I don't think we ever see Korra using it. I think I think you're right. I think it's only Toph's offspring. So I I wonder if that becomes a lost art. Yeah, interesting. That's an interesting idea. Um, so yeah, one brain cell hockey. Yeah, we have this. It fails. They go off to Sulk. We have this really great little heart to heart where they're just you know. Uh, where Sokka says something that I think hit me really hard the second time. I didn't really hear it. When I I watched this episode, like, a few days ago, like, I don't think I really, like, internalized this line that Sokka says, but it hit me really hard this time around. He talks about how, like... When our mom died, that was the hardest time in my life. Our family was a mess. But Katara, she had so much strength. She stepped up and took on so much responsibility. She helped fill the void that was left by our mom. And, like, took on a bunch of responsibility and, like, just powered through it. And when my dad was sick, like, my brother Jake really, like, stepped up and showed up all the time. You know, he would 
he would help my mom change my dad's bed sheets. Like he would, he would be in there every single time anything would happen. Like he was just, I think he was a, he was a force that brought us all together. And I think it, it made that, it made that death a little easier, not easier, but like more bearable because he just really stepped up and it meant a lot to me that, that he did that. But then Saka goes on to say something that I also, it also really hit me hard, which is that like, he can't remember what his mother's face looks like. And when he tries to picture her, all he pictures is Katara because of how much of a force she was in his life after it's like, uh, it's like Lilo thinking about Nani, right? Like in Lilo and Stitch, it feels very similar to like, you know, a sibling steps up and takes on that role and has been taking on that role for so long that she just doesn't know any different. Mm-hmm. This is a really great moment. And I just, it was really awesome. Asaka was like, all right, maybe if we stop trying to like scam our friends, like we scammed all those people out of their money, then maybe we can just have a heart to heart and like resolve this conflict. Yeah. Sokka absolutely rolls a nat 20. Oh yeah. On this conversation. And something I've always thought about is, does he know Katara can hear him? I asked this exact same question while we were watching it. Like, is he just that clever that he's like, I know she's down there like bathing or whatever. Maybe I'll just sit up here with Toph and have her overhear us saying good thing, nice things about her. And, and I, I'm watching this again as we're doing the recording. And I'm, I think he wants to do his best to make sure Katara can hear. Yeah. Well, because he, he moves Toph. He shows up at Toph. He's like, come on, we got to go talk instead of like just sitting down there with her. Yeah, the conversation could happen literally anywhere, but he specifically chooses to have the conversation there. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think there's a pretty good chance that he knew. But he's like, all right, great. I smoothed things over. Everyone's going to be, like, friends again, and this is great. And then Katara's like... I want to pull a scam with you. Nah, I son. I have the perfect scam. Ha-ha! It's my turn to pull a heist. And everybody's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what have we created here? And Hi there. Aang and Sokka both just feign to, like, they've yeah. got rabies. They've got, like, the anime, like, keel-over effect that happens to them. Hi, and Billy Mays here. <laughs> Do I got a scam for you? Call in the next five minutes, and we'll double your scam! <laughs> so at no point does Katara think, like, oh, maybe they won't use metal. <laughs> And it's like, why would you think that they they wouldn't use metal, or that they would use metal, especially if, like, the wanted poster is, like, from, presumably from her parents, and they know she can earthbend. I'm, I'm pretty sure the, well, it's implied that the, er, uh, the wanted poster is from Combustion Man. For Toph? Yeah, because when, um... When Katara's collecting the money from the prison guard dude, he's like, that's her. That's the girl you're looking for as Combustion mm. Man comes in. So I'm pretty sure the the wanted poster and the reward money and everything is from Combustion Man. And apparently he does know that she's an earthbender and potentially a metal band or a metal bender. But the Fire Nation has no reason to suspect that. Mm-hmm. I well, and that's a good question, Ira, because I was wondering the same thing. And how? So like they got set up by the setup. Like they yeah. like they got they the scammers got scammed. Like they tried to like 
go and like thought it was gonna be so clever with Katara like turning in Toph and then breaking her out and then would be they would be none the wiser but like somehow they knew like these kids were actually wanted by Sparky Boom Man and had a connection to him and I'm like that makes no sense because Sparky Sparky Boom Man was definitely trying to be on the DL and a few episodes ago we (laughs) saw him uh, intentionally destroy and intercept the message from those two Fire Nation soldiers that oversaw the gang and are like, oh, holy shit, the Avatar is alive. Yeah, so- he like signs a secrecy contract in blood and then eats it. <laughs> like, it's hard to imagine that he would just stroll into like a quartermaster's shack and be like, hey, I'm looking for a bunch of kids. <laughs> I think it as he, like, he's obviously a well-paid um, assassin. If- oh, yeah. If Zuko is seeking him out for this super important mission critical um, mission, thank you, repetitive redundancy or repetitive department <laughs> of redundancy. Um, so he has a lot of money. I prefer to the redundant department of redundancy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he set it up and was like, "Hey, I'm looking," or was went to the Fire Nation prison police and was like. Hey, I'm looking for these kids. If they come in, you tell me. And sets up the posters, bankrolls, everything himself. That makes sense. But he doesn't have to tell the Fire Nation police, like, why they're wanted. Yeah. He's just like, hey, here's a bunch of money. Do this for me. And I'll build a wooden cell because I tell you to. Zuko knows that, um... Toph is a powerful me- uh, earthbender. I don't know if Zuko necessarily knows that Toph can metal bend, but Zuko probably would have shared any information he had on Toph beforehand. Well, for example, I think I think Zuko probably knows that Toph is blind and can see with earthbending. Okay, but here's another thing. What about uh, is the floor is the floor of the cell wooden or yes. is it dirt? Okay, it so is it is wooden. wooden. That would be a quite a, that would be quite an error. If yeah, it wasn't. but no. My question is also like, were these posters put up for Toph like As because bait? she was scamming, or like did they already exist? Because she's her parents are already looking for her. That was my thought. Is like is like I don't know that these were the result of scamming. I think that these were just it was it was a confluence of factors where people were or they Katara was like, oh, this is getting way too dangerous. Yeah. Like we will get noticed, especially because these wanted posters that might have nothing to do with uh your scamming are around. So people will see Toph. It's or all... even like the fact that these posters are up is what brought Combustion Man mm. and got their location noticed by him. We also, there also is a possibility that like they put the wanted poster up with the reward because they were like, all right, we know these kids be scamming. So they'll probably try to scam us for our reward money. And that might be how we like trap like tough and we might get a second kid out of it too. That, that's a really good question. I'd love to know, like obviously Brack have probably forgotten Mm-hmm. about this but i'd love to know like what the original expectation was yeah i'll do the i'll do the greatest generation bit um uh yeah excuse me uh brian and mike break as you were known in the fandom i, I had a question about uh season three episode uh, six of avatar Seven. um i was wondering uh 
where did the bounty, where did the water coasters come from, and uh, whether or not uh, they were effective in tracking uh, uh, Toph, uh, I'll take my uh, answer, I'll take my answer off the line, thank you. It's, it's just a TV show, get a light. <laughs> and they're like, that was 15 years ago. How do you expect <laughs> us to remember that? <laughs> so, uh, with that... They uh, they do their plan, they get captured, and bada-bing, bada-boom, the cell is made of wood. Talk about a wild card uh, out of left field. Uh, boy, she sure introduces a hiccup in their plans. I don't know why Toph can't just, like, bend the ground up through the wood, like, break the wood with the, with the ground beneath it. Maybe she can only bend what she can see um, with her senses. Bird, come here. Child, you have too many bells. You have too many bells. It's, it's detrimental to me. Come here. Come here. Do you want a treat or not? Come on. What is he Buddy. playing with? He's playing with bells on top of the cage. But he was playing with your bell on the floor. I know, baby. He's a good boy. There yeah. we go. So uh, they're trying to postulate ideas. And, you know, they have a little heart to heart, too. And... Katara's just like, I just wanted you to think I was fun. I was cool. I was trying to fit in, man. (laughs) Yeah, I was just trying to be cool. And I thought you would think it was cool. And Toph's like, oh, you are cool, Katara. See, this is... You're fun to argue with. Yeah, yeah. You're you're at least fun to antagonize. Listen. (laughs) This reminds me of one of my old quotes growing up that I liked was... uh, you know, a, a good friend will bail you out of jail. A best friend will be sitting next to you and saying, damn, we <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> but at least it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, and a best best friend will uh, look up places for you to hide the body. And then we have Combustion Man walking on the rooftops. How Does he just, like, have a ladder stored somewhere? Uh, there has to be something with those boots of his like that i don't know maybe like there's magnets in them maybe they're anti-gravity boots. i don't know he has to be able to like climb because those like heavy metal boots are just i i don't understand well as um or going through like the extended graphic novel stuff those are supposed to be like prosthetics because as a kid he like blew himself up oh shit okay okay that Wait, what are his metal arms and legs? Those are Whoa. prosthetics because he doesn't have. I, I'll have to look. They that are up. damn. That's crazy. How is it that every like every fantasy thing I've ever seen, they don't have like basic combustion engines, but they have like robotic limbs that we still don't have in our modern time. Modern times. Wait, maybe he is a metal bender. But he's a firebender. That's how he blows. That's how he blows stuff up. He can't be both unless he's the avatar. Dun dun dun! <laughs> like <laughs> fucking the, the X Files theme starts playing. Um, maybe he time traveled. Yeah, the TARDIS starts playing. <laughs> Don't worry, the Doctor Who theme song will have already <laughs> played Lord several times Iroh this episode. Time has competition. <laughs> Uh, time, time lord. What would you so like? All time lords that like the doctor. Uh, the what's this guy's name? The bomb. The bomb could work. The bounty hunter. 
The bounty hunter's not bad, yeah. The assassin. The sparky sparky boom guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just gonna say Da Bomb. Da Bomb. Da Bomb. Um, Dot com. So... Uh, we get a pretty cool fight scene. Katara figures out that, uh, very smart, very cool, that she can use her sweat. Which is weird, because, like, just a second ago, Toph started crying when she talked about her parents. And at that point, Katara wasn't like, oh, hey, look, water. <laughs> but it- well, she says, like, we need bendables, and then looks at the sweat on her hand. Yeah, she's like, Toph, quick, think about your parents again. Get really fucking sad. <laughs> um- <laughs> and... Punch, and me, in the, punch really... me in the crotch, I can take it. I'll start crying and <laughs> we can waterbend. I'm tear-bending! <laughs> Spoilers. But it's actually really great foreshadowing, because the next episode is the Puppet Master, mm. where they go oh, the full-on yeah. water in the flowers and in the blood of people. Yeah, Pod Daddy Christina Khan is on for that one, and we're excited to record with her, too. Uh, that's another fun episode. Mm-hmm. Very. Just like season I mean, three is nothing but bops. Nothing is... but bangers. Yep. Yeah. Totally agree. So they get into a cool scrap with uh, Sparky Sparky Boom Man. It's very exciting. Sokka is like, hey, uh, uh, Sparky Sparky Boom Man is attacking. And they're like, maybe pick a, something that has fewer than 15 syllables and we can <laughs> say it without dying before we finish saying it. It's like my friend Xander, who was on a few episodes ago, uh, had a full uh, had a uh, a full name that uh, they very comically insisted on using whenever it was inconvenient for us, and it was like uh, Xander, Wizard of the Citadel, uh, Keeper of the Nine Realms, something, 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 something. Like it, like it just went on and on and on. It and was on so on. long that as a gift, every year for the holidays, we do a holiday like gift exchange and. One of our other friends got them a T-shirt that had the na- their <laughs> the entire name, name on it, it, and it covered the entire front of a T-shirt. It was like the whole shirt. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was very well done. So we we have uh, we have a fun fight scene. We get the pebble on the forehead, which is great. Also yeah, foreshadowing. T- Toph just rolls like five nat twenties just yeah, in yeah. a row. Yeah, real though. And Aang gets shot, and he he is such a cat that he lands on his feet before falling. Yeah. Like, he could land any other way, but he lands on his feet like a cat 1% of the time. And Sokka, like, they're actively being hunted, uh, like, for their lives, and Sokka is like, I got it, combustion man. And Top's like, Top very matter-of-factly is like, good job, Sokka, as in, like, hey, Maybe don't fucking use brain juice on this while we're, like, getting our fucking asses, like, chased, please. Well, he'd rather use the brain juice than the cactus juice. And then, my question is, and I don't remember, maybe you can answer this, does hockey come back? Mm -mm. So, they sent a message through hockey to to Toph's parents, and then hockey's just like, well, I'm done. And not only that, I assume it works the same as carrier pigeons in real life, where carrier pigeons are trained to go to a specific location. A specific place, yeah, yeah. I was talking to Alex about this. So Hockey would go to (laughs) the store where Sokka got the bird and was like, and they're like, wait, 
Beifong? Isn't that an Earth Kingdom family? Oh my god, but is that the scam, though? Is the scam of this eagle, these hawk people, is that, like, they, they have someone buy the hawk, and then they put a message in the bottle, and they send it off, and the hawk delivers the message, and then goes back to the store so they can sell it again? Well, and the person just never sees the hawk again? I kind of assume that it's, like, a postal delivery system, where you buy a box from USPS, or insert your nation's Oh, and maybe they're, like, mail system. It, it, it goes to, like, a hub... Yeah. Then another hawk takes it to where it needs to go. That's a fun fan theory. I like that. That's a headcanon. I yeah. spent way too much time looking this up for IP over uh, avian carrier pigeon. <laughs> well, which is a real standard, by the way. I believe that. I do. <laughs> so um, with that, we get our little our little out. Uh, Toph is like, you know, you're right about my parents. Maybe I just miss them. I wrote this. I want you to help me write this letter. And send it. So then they send the letter, and Sokka is like, where's hockey? And they're like, I don't know. And it's just like, why would you guys do that? Hockey was his friend. Hockey was his friend, like, Roar. Come here, come here, little chicken. Come here. Um, it wouldn't have worked out by the by the end of the season. Either Momo or Hockey would have done the other in. We would have had a Rory Phoebe situation. Oh my god, yes. Uh, so with that, I think that wraps our episode. Which y'all know at that time it is, right? Yeah, it's uh, uh time to roll up our sleeves and um sharpen our pencils and hand out some experience points. Roll them dice, baby. Uncle, do you realize what this means? I won't get to finish my game. Shouldn't there be a board or some pieces or something to jangle? I won Dungeons and Dragons, and it was advanced. Evil. Or maybe chaotic neutral. The Demogorgon! We're a deep shit. You've been shot by an arrow. Ow! Well, there'd be penalties to her experience if she acted out of alignment. So, uh, Ira, you know how experience points uh, work as a seasoned vet and listener. So, uh, do you want to go... Do you have any in mind? Yeah, like... I could give my points to a couple different people. I think I'm going to go with um, Toph, though. She is just rolling charisma check, rolling it checks left and right, and able to get off all these scams, able to hit Sparky Sparky Boom Man just in the middle of his third eye, and is just hitting all these nat 20s like she's bribed the DM. Uh. <laughs> Bribery is the theme of this episode. She's uh, hacked into her virtual tabletops, like, dice roller. And has just changed all of the, like, random output to 20. 20. Yeah. And the DM is just like, alright, fine. Everybody's having fun with this. Let's roll. <laughs> I am gonna give my crit success to Appa. Uh, rolling that perfect intimidation check that oh to keep hockey and momo in line <laughs> yeah right yeah. yep so they like put appa in charge and uh, like if 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 we if we were like if we let like gibbs uh my my mother's new puppy if we let gibbs out of the pen and uh just said puck you're in charge well we'd come home and they'd both have gotten into a bunch of like garbage and shit and they would have just become brothers in arms but appa he's like no all right i'm here to fucking toe the line or more yo I want to sleep. Shut right. up, guys. Quit your bitching. Yeah. Babe, how about you? 
Uh, I'm going to give mine to a very uh, unlikely. Um, we see in the episode in the scene where uh, Sokka and Aang are capitulating about what to do about Toph and Katara that ap- among their pile of swag is none other than the uh, monkey statue that um, Iroh gets back in season one. Oh, yeah. Olmec's uh, back. So so Olmec has returned, and uh, <laughs> my Olmec gets my nat 20 because he has somehow made it across the entire continent into the other main character's purse, and he's just like, Oh, hello, it's me, Olmec. Finally, some kids that I can convinced to go on an obstacle course. I've put a bunch of wood slats and statues in a room. Be sure to break every single statue before you try anything else. And remember, the, the ass of the silver monkey goes on the first. That's the one that goes on first. Don't, don't, don't fuck it up, please. I'm Olmec. <laughs> it's Olmec, their take two, or the remastered. So Olmec is back, and um, Legends of the Hidden Canyon, uh, I guess, is on. Um, who knew? Whatever yeah. happened to that show coming back? It did. It, did. it, you, it, it was. They they okay. did do a few episodes, like because it was with Quibi, which died, and ah, uh, yeah, then it yeah, got it picked up by another another station. I forgot. I we watched a few episodes. It wasn't bad. Yeah, it's on did. the CW. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they they so they used to do um they used to do kids and now they do like gr- like little pairs of adults. So basically weird. it's the same people just aged up. Yep. Kind of the problem is there are so many people that there was the one couple that like there's this a bunch of statues in the the temple like the big temple obstacle course and in one of the rooms you have to smash statues to get like code numbers to progress the next room or whatever. And literally she she takes, one by one she takes a statue off of the pedestal she goes to a spot in the room and then she breaks it. And then she goes and gets another statue and she goes to that same spot in the room and she just breaks it. And then sometimes she doesn't throw it hard enough so she has to pick it up and break it again. And it's like, honey just please break them all at once and then, <laughs> and then pick it out of the, ru- the rubbles. Like, why am I better at this show than you? And I've never been on it. Um, so, uh, crit fails. You want to run through crit fails real fast? Anybody got any? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, everybody is just at the top of their game here. They've all leveled up enough that maybe they don't even need the nat 20s to be able to mm. do so well. Maybe they're rolling, like, like, soft 14s and 15s and they just have enough bonuses. Yeah. yeah. Um... I'm going to give my crit fail to uh, Sokka for his b- diplomacy check for writing a letter from Toph, <laughs> a blind girl, yeah. in like script that requires someone to be able to see to read. Um, yeah, comedy came in three this episode because there are three <laughs> blind jokes. Yeah. Um, my crit fail is also going to go to Sokka for... Buying a bird without doing any research whatsoever. <laughs> like, Sokka, I'm usually on your team, my dude. I'm here for your retail therapy and for you trying <laughs> to to come up with all of these, you know, great ideas to the team. Lots of pressure. You got to take care of yourself. But yet, 
for the ideas guy, you didn't think that one through, and it's probably it is not a mistake that hockey is no longer in your possession by the end of the episode. Well, clearly Aang was using the one brain cell they have between them (laughs) at that moment. It reminds me of, like, I think the reason I went right to Spongebob and Patrick for that scene is because it reminds me of when Spongebob, or when Squidward starts sending those bubbles to the to the two in the backyard in that one scene where he's like whispering things into the bubbles. Oh yeah. SpongeBob. It uh it has always been my deepest displeasure to know you. Jeez. <laughs> oh. Do you feel that way, Patrick? Of course, buddy. Anyone with eyes could see that. Um my current fail is gonna have to go to Katara when Toph is talking about how She's so motherly. Katara is just like, I'm not motherly. Sokka, do you think I'm motherly? Sokka, don't mumble when you're talking and speak clearly. Aang, don't rub your eyes. <laughs> and it's just like, Katara, motherly is not an insult. It's actually kind of a compliment, mm-hmm. but just chill. Yeah. You're, you're proving, you're, you're proving them right. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. That's gonna do uh, most of it. That super strong, powerful, awesome uh, brother that I mentioned, Jake, did the music for our show. You can find him at Jake Curtis on Instagram. You can find us on Instagram too at My Cabbage Cast uh, on Instagram. We're small and tiny, and uh, we're slowly starting to build up more content and post stuff. And on my free days, I get some time to make some fun memes for you all to enjoy. Uh, you can find us at Cabbage Cast on Twitter, uh, and you can email us uh, at or mycabbagecast at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon. We do have a Patreon. If you want to enjoy the Patreon and listen to an upcoming episode where we talk about the Doctor Who movie that came out in 1999, or 1997. Six, yeah. 1996. Uh, wow, what a weird and wacky ride that we're about to talk about uh, in, in a little bit here. But um, we also have great episodes about uh, the Avatar live-action movie, the one that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's not real. Golden don't, Compass. Don't, don't listen to Groundhog we, Day. Yeah, the Golden Compass, Groundhog Day. We did Gremlins. Like, we did, all these, we did all these fun movies that have this, like, some of them are good. Some of them are bad. S- some of them, the theme of the, the, the Patreon is tenuous at best. But in general, we tend to, to find movies that we wished didn't exist for whatever reason. And uh, I think that's uh, it for our um, contactables. Ira, where can people find you? How can people consume your content? Um, I am also on Twitter at TimeLordIro. And on Twitch, I try to do a stream every day around 4 p.m. Central Time. Um, Play a lot of Pokemon, a lot of Skyrim, a lot of just general whatever I'm in the mood for. Skyrim is such a classic. Yes, and I'm, currently I am going through on Legendary Difficulty with some survival mods, and it is painfully hard, and lots and lots of fun. Like, I, I watch a Twitch user named uh, Doug Doug, who does these really fun little, like, Skyrim challenges, where he's like, it, can I get through the intro if 100 wheels of cheese spawn every second? Like, so he'll just be trying to get through the intro sequence to, like, get to the get to the chopping block and get out of the main thing. And literally there's just a sea of cheeses around him. Like he thinks of the goofiest mods to do his poor computer. Oh yeah. His computer su- suffers a lot. 
Um, yeah, so Twitch, uh, Twitter, anything else? Yeah, uh, twitch.tv slash timelord underscore Iroh. Uh, that, that's it. I don't do Instagram because that's owned by Facebook and fuck Facebook. Um, I, I respect that. That's me. Awesome. Well, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for being a fan of not just Avatar, but Cabbages and a generally wonderful, amazing human being. Thank you. Yeah. So first biggest fan before what it, what's the, our, um, Drew Davenport. Our Drew Davenport. There we go. <laughs> Our very own Drew Davenport. Yeah, and thank you for having me for such a wonderful episode and not the uh, the Great Divide or <laughs> the Northern Air Temple. That was the other one that broke me. Yeah. We wouldn't insult anyone with uh, guest spots on those episodes. Um, well, the last thing we will mention is we are also part of a wonder, if you like what we do on My Cabbages, and you will also love some of the other podcasts on our wonderful network, Movie Night Crew Network, where we have the restricted section, a trans, uh, a pro-trans rights Harry Potter slander podcast, uh, where they go chapter by chapter and, uh, relive the Harry Potter books, uh, through and, the adult lens. And, and next week. This Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday, they are releasing on their main feed the bonus episode they did uh, last year where we read My Immortal and talked about the, the worst fan fiction of all time and one of my favorite fan fictions of all time. Uh, such a fun episode. We all got pretty shmammered and sloshed. Uh, I, my power went out at one point. It was very exciting. Um, uh, I'm in it. Uh, I've read this fan fiction dozens of times in college, like to a wrapped group of people. Um, it's terrible. It's awful. We do a great, 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 uh, we have a great, great time making fun of it. And, uh, it's a really funny episode that I can't wait for Al to listen to because she hasn't actually heard it yet. I know. And I can't wait. And everyone else is going to go listen to it too. And it's dropping on the same feed as this episode. So if you're listening to this, go listen to that next. Yeah. And if, then... you're, if you're listening to this, you're almost at the end of it. After this is over, you could literally just go and listen to that episode. And it, you don't need to have prior knowledge of, of the restricted section or any of the Harry Potter books necessarily, uh, or even this bot, this fan fiction. It's just a fun little topic that we have a great time talking about. So go check it out. And then after that, there's of the eldest gods and, uh, Percy Jackson of the Olympians, like awesome stuff. Phantom's gone wrong. Content and capable movie night. You're like, we have them all folks. Like go have fun. Listen, be well. <gasps> Go forth and listen. Um, anyway, uh, that was uh, lovely once again. Ira, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm Zach. I'm Alex. And I'm Iro. Tip your waiters and waitresses. This is my cabbages! An Avatar podcast. See y'all next Peace time. And Bye. 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 Secret Tunnel
That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.